up, everybody? Back again for another ep- epic episode coming your way of the Fan Section Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in this episode. Uh, we're going to continue our trend of the Spring Bowl Outlooks. I've highlighted a bunch of teams just like last week. Uh, hopefully your favorite team is on this list. If not, stay tuned. Don't worry. If I've covered them, keep listening because your rival will be covered. Um, but if your team hasn't been listed, don't worry. I'm going to dive into a bunch of other teams and keep covering them. So I'm very excited for this. Without further ado, let's get right into it. This is the Fan Section Podcast from Section 1 or Section 300. Bleachers down to the suites. Welcome, everybody. Thank you guys so much for coming on over and listening. Uh, my name is Alan. I am your host, and I cannot wait to get into this. We are available on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, soon to be YouTube, I'll be dropping a bunch of watch-along videos, which I'm very excited for as well. Um, also, I have a little thing on TikTok. Um, I invite you guys to go over and listen to on AMD Scouting. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is the Springville Outlook. Let's just dive right into it. So, for those of you that have been listening, thank you guys so much. Um, we've been covering a bunch of teams, right? We've been talking about teams and uh as far as like what to look forward to the spring ball is where you find a lot of the competition right a lot of that competition will start here um and it'll go sometimes into the fall there's a lot of quarterback competitions which are really big there's a lot of running back competitions which i personally love um alignment of a lot of the incoming freshman class who who highly touted recruits to get their first action and taste of spring conditioning and make no mistake it's not easy um, they're running them to death because they're able to just kind of kill them right now and get their conditioning, get their legs up for the fall um, because they don't do nearly as much of uh, those, those conditioning sprints during the season. They're still working out, but not as intense. Um, so this is where you find out who really, really loves the game of football. Um, and speaking of love, let's just dive into it. So the couple teams I'm going to, hi- I'm going to highlight three teams this week. Um, there's really no recruiting news that I'm going to dive into, um, that I, I really haven't been, I've been paying attention, but not like to the point where like any big name guys are committed, no commitment dates have been set either. Um, but yeah, so, um, let's just dive into it. Ole Miss, the Lane Kiffin era is still continuing there, which I'm actually, I'm kind of shocked. He didn't take the, he was invited to, he didn't take the USC job. They went after Lincoln Riley, as you know, um, but he's learning to build. I think he's actually going to stay at Ole Miss for a little while. So the coaching quarterback, head coach, running back, offense, carousel can continue at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin. What do they do without Matt Corral? Um, I have no idea. I know they still have John Rice Plumley. Uh, I don't think – I think his quarterback days are done, but I think he's an emergency quarterback if, if they need. He was once a four-star quarterback that was committed to Georgia and then switched over to Ole Miss when they signed – I believe it was Jake Fromm. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of, um, actually I think it was Justin Fields too, um, the year before that, but yeah, so he can play quarterback. I, (laughs) I'm beating a dead horse. I really want him to play quarterback because I really like the kid as a quarterback. I think he's way better suited as a quarterback. And the fact that Matt Corral is gone, you have a wide open competition. Um, Jackson Dart is leading that competition last I know of. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like outside of Jackson Dart, you have two kids that I really don't know too much about. They're really just no-name kids that have been on the roster for about two years. Um, one of them was a redshirt sophomore. The other one was a redshirt freshman. So, yeah, they have the experience of being in the playbook, um, and the playbook is very complicated, I'm told. So, yeah, as far as that offense, the, the offense is what kept Ole Miss in a lot of games. They were putting up 40 points on just damn near everybody. Can they continue to do that? I don't know. Jackson Dart is still a question mark for me. I'm saying Jackson Dart because I believe I, I fully believe he's actually going to end up being the starter. I just think it's only a matter of time until Lane Kiffin names him. Um, but 
Then you have Zach Evans, who transferred there from, I think it was TCU. He was once the number one overall ranked court running back in that class. I think it was of 2019. I know he was committed to Georgia. He was supposed to go to Georgia, but academically he didn't qualify for Georgia. So he had to, the last second, he ended up picking TCU. And there was always a filler school. It was never like he's going to be a TCU corn frog for life. No, he was only going to be there for one year because he wanted to be in the SEC, um, which is where most running backs go if they really want that big numbers. I mean, a lot of them will go to the Big Ten, as we see Kenneth Walker. Um, but, yeah. So the reason why Zach Evans is a big is a big transfer in is because he's going to be the day one starter for Ole Miss. They've been dying to have that deep, amazing run game that I think Evans can bring to them. Like, I'm talking could potentially hit his head on the goalpost every single outside zone run play. Like, no joke. The kid is phenomenal. He's a beast. He's a workhorse, too. He's not going to come off the field when the offense has the ball, which is good. Um, he's well-conditioned. Um, his off-the-field antics is something you kind of want to keep an eye on. But I think Lane Kiffin is actually going to be able to kind of keep him under wraps, which is good. And then you have Casey Kelly, the tight end, that is probably going to be competing with Brock Bowers as far as the best tight end in the SEC goes. Um, Casey Kelly comes back with, I think it was like 150 receptions or something like that. So something insane. Um, but, yeah, he, he's definitely the, the focal point of, that, of the passing game for sure. You shut him down. You kind of you, you, you limit Jackson Dart and what he can do. My biggest question is, what will the offense look like without Matt Corral? We know that it's very explosive. We know that Lane Kiffin likes to go vertical. We know that they take shots very fast, and they score very fast. Can their defense um, continue to step up? There's some questions in the secondary. There's some questions in the linebacking core that I have as well. Um, it's not going to be the same old Miss team, for sure. They're not going to be dropping 40, but they're still going to be dropping, I think, 30, which is still pretty good for college. Um, and then we're going to move to the Midwest, which I'm going to highlight Iowa State, because they have no Brock Purdy this year. Brock Purdy, I mean, Iowa State, let's be honest, they fell flat on their face. They they really had a down year for what they were, we were projecting, what everybody else was projecting them to be. I thought they were going to be a hell of a lot better. They had Breesaw, they had Brock Purdy, they had um, even, I think it was, I can't remember the, the linebacker that they had. He's really good too. Um, but yeah, it wasn't injuries. It wasn't the fact that it was just, it was Brock Purdy's show to lose. And he lost it. He just, he couldn't, yeah, he couldn't shoulder the burden of, of carrying that offense. Teams keyed in on Brees Hall. Their offense didn't score very many points. They became stagnant. Um, but this time you have Decker, uh, Hunter Decker, who's actually been named the starter. Is he going to able? Is he able to lead that offense and actually do what Brock Purdy can't? With no Brees Hall, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, will the run game come in? The average 160 yards and just damn near under two touchdowns. It was 1.9 touchdowns a game. So two touchdowns is what Brees Hall was able to bring you and 160 yards any given day, that's significant loss in that offense department. Like, I think that the run game is definitely going to hamper, um, but and it's not going to be what it once was. But, you know, if you can expect to be even half that, you know what I mean? You're going to have, you know, even 80 yards or 100 yards on average for, for what they're looking for. That's exactly what you want. So, yeah, um, can the run game average a little bit more than 160 yards? We don't know. The secondary for Iowa State is a big question. Um, TJ Tampa is their, their corner to keep an eye on. He's definitely going to lead a very inexperienced secondary for me. Um, but, yeah, Iowa State, keep an eye on them. I mean, I'm not expecting them to win the Big 12 by any means. Um, I think that's still Oklahoma's and Texas's to lose. Um, but, yeah. And then, uh, finally, we're going to be going way up north, which is going to be Michigan State. Mel Tucker and his crew. Mel Tucker actually stuck around longer than one year. Congratulations. He gets a round of applause. Happy birthday, big guy. 
Um, and he also is going into, for the first time ever, the last, uh, I think it was like last five years, Michigan State has not had a quarterback competition. And I know I opened up the show and said, this is all about quarterback competitions, running back competitions. And I've listed two players or two schools that have no quarterback competition. But that's fine. Because if you're Michigan State, this is exactly what you want. You want to know who the guy is to get the majority of the reps to get him ready for week one. Because Big Thorne, he's, he's hoping to be a thorn in people's sides. Like, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but can he lead Michigan State back to an 11-1 season? The question, and, one, and they were one win away from, a, from the Big Ten Championship game. Like, that's – in your first year, you're bringing – and you don't have any of these recruits that you recruited at all. I mean, you might have had maybe, like, four or five of them that you talked to that you were recruiting, and then they ended up going to Michigan State from when you were at Colorado. But at the same time, you had none of these kids, and you developed these kids into what they were. That's a hell of a job. Mel Tucker is one hell of a coach, and that's why I'm very excited for what he can do in year two, um, you know, and then moving on to year four, five, six down the road. Like, look for Michigan State to be, like – potentially competing with, I mean, it's going to be Michigan, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Like, until proven otherwise, those are the three teams to beat. And every single year it's going to come down to which team has, you know, who, who beats. If you go, uh, you know, 2-0 and against Ohio State and Michigan, you, you damn near punch your ticket. Even if it's the first two weeks, you punch your ticket to the Big Ten title game. Um, so, yeah, and talking a little bit more about the, the transfers, you got Jarek Broussard, who's transferring from Colorado as a graduate transfer. Unfortunately, though, he is not eligible to, co- to compete or even step on the field for Michigan State until after he graduates in May. But I'm sure he's still doing his stuff, getting ready, getting conditioning. He's, he's, a, he's a college athlete. Like, he knows this is his fifth year. He knows what to do. He's going to come in just fine. People were like saying, he's, what if he comes in overweight? He's not going to come in underweight. He's not going to come overweight. He's going to come in perfectly where he needs to be. He also played for Mel Tucker for a year. Like, let's be real. That's the reason why he picked Michigan State as his final destination point because he saw what he was able to do with the transfer and Kenneth Walker. But the question is, can Jarek Broussard touch the field? They have seven scholarship backs. not including Broussard, and one of them was a top five running back in last year's 2020 class. So that's some pretty tight competition to be in. For sure, Michigan State is going to have a lot of these kids leave. Like, if you're you're Michigan State, just get ready for the portal next season, even midseason, to be like, yeah, okay, this kid's leaving for the spring. Like, he's leaving at the end of the fall. Um you know, I, th- I expect three or four of these running backs to just not be Michigan State Spartans for very long, personally. Um, especially when you bring in Jarek Broussard or, you you, you know, you, you allow him to get in. And this is Collins, Simmons, Joyner, Eaglin. All have played and all have very good experience in the backfield. I mean, yeah, Kenneth Walker stole the show, rightfully so. But, at, I mean, I, I fully think that... Um, Jarek Broussard is going to come in day one. And, I, I mean, he's not coming over just to just to kind of ride the bench. No, he's going to come in and he's going to play. So, yeah. Um, as far as, like, the the next question I have is, can Reed, the, the receiver, um, can he step up? Obviously, yeah. We know we know, we know, know Jaden Reed can. But who else is going to be that receiver for Michigan State? We don't know. And that question is going to be something that's kind of been burning in the back of my mind. Is I'm, I'm very excited for that receiver class that they did bring in. But I'm also kind of worried. So um, they don't have any tight ends either. And their O-line is kind of – they're experienced, but they're not as experienced as Ohio State's or Michigan. So it'll be a battle for sure. And I'm excited to watch the Big Ten. Um, and I hope you guys are too. 
But yeah, that does it for me in my spring ball outlook. The three teams that I've covered this week are Ole Miss, Iowa State, Michigan State. Um, no, no real note of recruiting news. Um, thank you guys so much again for listening to the time out of your day. Thank you guys all for the amazing feedback. Uh, my name is Alan. This has been the Fan Session Podcast, and I am out.